Hello and welcome to A Moment to Accelerate, an education podcast coming to you from RGS The Grange in Worcester with myself, Rebecca Parker and the wonderful Matt Warren. We've taken a year's hiatus, but we are back and thrilled to be recording series three of our podcast. We're back. We're back. I can't believe it's been probably a year in the making. It has. It's been just over a year, I think. I think we've tried, haven't we, various times to come and record, um, but it's not been easy. But here we are, committed today. I can't sort of uh, put my finger on what's got in the way. Um, I don't know. I I don't know if you heard there was a global pandemic. Oh, right. Okay. Um, I think that might have had something to do with it. A small impact, do you think, on this, uh, on on, on, on the planet as well as the Mm, podcast? Yeah. Okay. So um, I think the most important thing is um, we're here. We're actually recording in person, socially distanced, um, obviously. Um, But what a lovely feeling to actually be back to have our mic in front of us, Captain Snowball, um, and to, to have so much to talk about and so much to reflect on, um, to, I think, yeah, reminisce of sort of what life was like a year ago. Mm-hmm. So I think we've got to go back before we go forwards. Okay. And I think in this sort of uh, welcome back intro, I think, first of all, we're happy to be here. We are. Um, happy that you're potentially listening, if you are. Um, thank you very much. Um, and I'm going to start off, really, with how are you, Rebecca? I am really well, thank you Matt. I am thrilled to be back in school again. The weather is glorious at the moment um, and it's just wonderful to be surrounded by the people I love working with again. Um, That's doing a lot for my well-being actually, just being in my favourite place once more. How about you? I think there's definitely something in it, isn't there? Being back in school, I mean, having having the pupils in the classroom... That is huge, significant. Mm. I felt we did so much in, in, in remote learning. We'll call it remote learning one and remote learning two um, for sort of referencing things later. Um, I do feel we, we, we pushed the boundaries of what we could achieve with sort yeah. of collaborative work with pupils, but nothing can replicate being in a room full of pupils. You, you know, you teach uh, and hopefully inspire. Yeah. Um, so that's been a, a major, major achievement, yeah. just getting back. I suppose reflecting on though, which this podcast is going to be about what did remote learning one and two give us that we have now brought back into the classroom what are we continuing yeah it's a big question um and i think it really tested the the dlp which is our digital learning program we were in a good place but i think from my point of view is sort of taking a little bit of a lead on sort of staff development with technology Mm. i don't think anything in the world would have replicated what sort of lockdown did in terms of improving staff skills yeah they were you know it'd be nice to have a graphic in front of me here and just draw some circles but we started and before we sort of knew that we were going to go into lockdown we we were just in our comfort comfort zone completely yeah and what you saw very quickly is teachers were pushed directly out of that comfort zone into that sort of fear zone loads of questions loads of concerns loads of anxiety you know both of us um, yeah. I'm not saying I was not part of this. I was. This was it unique was for everybody. Time and as you say, totally unique. Nobody had ever experienced it. We didn't quite know what it was going to look like when it was first announced on the 23rd of March. And it evolved with us, didn't it? Certainly in remote learning one. And then when we went into the second remote learning, we sort of really hit our stride, I think. Yeah, I don't think anyone knew exactly what they could, what they could expect. Um, you know the rumor mill when you're at home teaching from home it's only going to be for a few weeks that's fine Mm. I soon learned that um, I think with anything like that any uncertainty in life never put a time scale on it 
um, because then I think you're always wor- working towards a potentially false deadline. Yeah, and, and the disappointment with that that comes with that. I mean, we're still experiencing that now with the roadmap, you know, and it's very much cautious dating, isn't it? And yes, it's. Exactly I think I think it has to be. Mm. You know, I think to suddenly go and open up and get back to normal. Um, you know, this is a very new normal, and lots has changed. Um, yeah. Hopefully, we're going to reflect on what has changed, which has been good. Yeah. What has changed that we're, we're, we're looking forward to getting rid of. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just a chance to reflect and to sort of build, really, on what potentially will never happen again. I don't want to jinx anything now or anyone um, bringing this podcast from the vaults. Um, but this could be the only time in our lives when something like this happens. And to mm. look back on it, how significant it actually was, the impact on us as individuals, and then, you know, you're stepping outside the fact that a teacher, what was the impact on you as a teacher yeah. as well as a human being? Mm. Um, and also, I think, you know, the, the, the one thing that we, that we really need to, to, to think about is the impact on pupils who've yeah. been at home for so long. What did you feel as a class teacher, your pupils, when they came running in? Mm. They wanted to give you a massive hug and say, Mrs. Parker, we're back. What do you think? they've um you you've topped up their tanks with in terms of that moment of being back so i mean going back to remote learning one i feel really privileged to have been part of the group that came back to school at last summer term i you know being with year six and really it was all about those social connections that time we spent an enormous amount of time learning outside which was wonderful both you know ventilation wise but also because of the beautiful weather and the grounds that we've got um, and it was really lovely to just build those social connections back up. It was a really special time because obviously Year 6 is getting ready to go to the senior school as well. So it was really about celebrating their time at RGS The Grange and being back with one another. And I think we then, as Year 6 teachers, were able to replicate that coming back now after Remote Learning 2. You know, that understanding that it is about regaining those connections. And yes, academic, absolutely. But those connections have to come first. I completely agree with you. I do remember, I mean, we had very different experiences. My, when I, because you were in school working mm. with year sixes, there were just chairs outside, pupils could work outside, they could drift inside. Mm. Um, I came in for a day or two to sort of, I suppose, get up to speed with the potential return. Um, and within moments I was being shouted at for, <laughs> uh, get out the bubble! And I was literally, there were cones just yeah. everywhere on the field. And it was um, it was quite a slick machine, wasn't it? It was, it, but at the same time very daunting. And it was only, you know, by the time UK popped in, we'd been at it for a few weeks. So we knew the lay of the land, so to speak. Um, but coming in, I can imagine, it's quite scary because you don't want to get things wrong either and be shouted at that you're in the wrong and bubble. And I did. You did. Not by me, though. Seriously let's, shouted at Let's yeah. be clear, I didn't shout I think it was pupils, actually. Yes, they were um, very good at upholding the rules. I suppose one thing we've seen, though, is how adaptable pupils actually are. Yes. You think what they've gone through. Uh, I'm, a, you know, I'm a dad. I've got two, two, two children who, mm. who, who go to the school as well and have dealt with remote learning, and I saw sort of ups and downs. Yeah. Um, I really did. Um, missing friends just times when they just clearly weren't happy mm. times when they were very happy but other times when you couldn't put your finger on it apart from the fact that yeah. I actually just think they are missing their friends yeah. um, and actually as form teachers it's really hard to see that when you're you know teaching from home and you can see that they are not themselves 
you know, how do you go about bringing that morale back up? We had um, lots of one-to-one Google Meets with parents and children throughout the time, just, you know, checking in just a bit of well-being and support. And those were really useful, but it can't replace just that quick chat in the corridor. And, yeah, it's, it's been really tough. Yes, <laughs> to put it lightly. Yeah. I was thinking, where are we going with that? It's been pretty tough. It has yeah. been... Um, Wow, what a roller coaster of a year! Mm. What a roller coaster of a year! Um, yeah. You know, yeah, I, I look at, I I just come back, and I don't want to sort of, you know, I, I'm still amazingly in awe of this experience of going to South Africa. But the yeah. moment I landed in Heathrow Airport, lockdown pretty much started. Yeah. So I sort of brought back this um, this amazing feeling of world travel. And I went from sort of, you know, one end of the spectrum to just taking everything away back mm. to the other. That was really tough, actually. Yeah. That was really, really tough. Um, and then pretty much a year on. We're still... Same conference online. Yeah. Um, not, not quite the same. I mean, think I had doing an incredible job. Yeah. Again, it's like teaching. You can push the boundaries um, and you can get some amazing speakers but it's very hard when you're sort of presenting online you don't have the interaction no and it's the same with teaching it is it's exactly the same you don't have that feedback you can't quite tell who are you going to prompt for more answers it's very easy to hide from you know taking part in class discussions when you're on a screen chat room's great yes but it doesn't quite replicate that that looking over a pupil's shoulder just Mm -hmm. having that reassuring conversation taking them to one side, getting them to collaborate with a peer. You know, these are the things that are absolutely yeah. essential and to learning. it's those body language cues that we go off of so innately in a classroom that you do not have. I couldn't agree more. Four weeks back, um, I've had the time of my life. Uh, I think just because now I'm not taking for granted moments when I know pupils can learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And I think the one thing that I'm doing a lot more Um, I was doing it before, but I think I'm doing it loads more now, and I'm actually so much more aware of it, is I'm I'm taking a step back in the classroom, Mm. and I'm giving pupils a chance to to learn from each other. Yeah. Um, If you look at sort of retention of information, you know, if I was to stand and just talk, you know, uh, a sermon of computing, Mm. (laughs) about 5% would be retained if I'm lucky. Yeah. If if I can get pupils to to grasp knowledge, to to visualise and actually go through the experience but then to teach someone else there's about sort of 90 percent 95 percent retention yeah. um so it's certainly not a cop-out when, when when you come into my room and i'm just taking a step back yeah. i'm just assessing i'm seeing what's going on um and when someone does say mr Warren, i'm stuck on this brilliant i know exactly who to target to go yeah. and push them to go and support that pu- that pupil yeah absolutely i mean we've often talked about that 80 20 model and that's something we really strive for here but how difficult was that to achieve when you're teaching through a computer? I felt almost, you know, not quite a Victorian teacher because I was teaching through a computer, but I was mm. delivering. Um, and it wasn't until this second remote learning when we started experimenting with breakout rooms and things like that, that I finally felt like I was teaching in the way that I enjoy teaching. Um, so that was a real change for me exploring breakout rooms to just give the children a chance to work in groups collaboratively then bring it back to the main class discussion that was amazing so many things we learned yeah there was a huge learning curve there was massive progression in terms of our delivery yes you know from um asynchronous we learned that the kids were actually missing interaction with teachers we went synchronous live lessons yeah. across the board um a slightly amended timetable 
people's had a little bit of time in the afternoons to explore and be more creative. Yeah, well, that well-being was really important. Hugely. Nurturing, hugely. Um, nurturing their yeah their mental health as well as carrying on with the academic rigor. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed those. We sort of set up a life skills folder for year six where they were just doing things like cooking for their parents, mowing the lawn, all of those things that they wouldn't usually be set for homework, but actually it was a really nice time for them to spend dedicating to nurturing those life skills. It was really great. Yeah, and let's not forget why, why you know pupils come to school t- to learn. Yeah. Learn what for. It's got to have a purpose, doesn't mm-hmm. it? And I think if we can develop these these skills that are imperative to, to, to performance in life, you know, mm-hmm. to living a full life where they're able to to make connections with different social groups, they're able to thrive mm-hmm. in, a, in an ever-changing world with either that requires digital skills or, you know, a high level of social skills. Yeah. Uh, I think these are the things that I'm really, really starting to target as a result of the sort of lockdown yeah. and remote schooling. Mm-hmm. Um, so let, let's just take a moment then and let's just think, what have we learned from this last year? And what now happens in your, in your classroom that's ever so slightly different to what it was before? Um, you know, growth as a teacher, growth as mm-hmm. a person. We're not through this yet, but we're back in school, and I think that's amazing. Mm. But what have we now actually taken, and what do you choose to accept and explore further now that we're back? Um, so I would say just my general delivery of resources for lessons for pupils has become very, very streamlined. I became a Shavy Certified Educator during the second uh, remote learning. and Congratulations. I feel, thank you. I feel like an absolute pro now. Mm. I really do. I feel like I can do anything on Shavy. And just... Even it's it's reduced my workload as well because I can set up my week, I can push things out when I want to, I can differentiate, you know, there and then, and it's just yeah. So that I've really taken on board those skills that I was using in remote learning to make sure everyone could access it, and now I'm bringing that into the classroom. So it's almost like you've continued with what you're doing remote teaching with like the spine of, you know, the the, the, the sort of the crux of your education. Yeah, absolutely. So now, you know, I'm stood there, I've got my iPad, I'm like, okay, boom, have a look at that. And it's, yeah, it's quite exciting. It makes it quite vibrant in my classroom actually just these resources I think the ability to just like screen record on an iPad and whether it's you know you can do that in Shobi now which is amazing with sort of showing them resources Mm. but you can almost preempt um moments when pupils are going to struggle and I think that's that that's a really really that's a lovely moment when they go Mr Warren look in (laughs) Shobi I've got some great documents there to support your learning absolutely and I've when we first went into the first remote learning, um, I'd recorded quite a few, you know, maths videos, just really talking through the method of how to do things. And actually, I continued that, even though we were doing live lessons, I continued to create those videos so I could teach it. And then I teach a lower set maths, so it was just great to then go, right, you've heard me talk about it, we've done it together, there's a video, you can watch that as many times as you like. Um, so that was really helpful as well, because obviously in the classroom, it's easy to just, you know, go up to the board, work through it together, it's not so easy to do that online. No, I get that. I get that. And I, I, it's great to hear, though, that so many of those, those really good practices that mm. you used and utilised in, in remote learning have continued into the classroom, mm. plus real-life teacher, you know, plus social and emotional development yeah. of pupils. It's almost like um, that, that there has been sort of a fast-forward. COVID has almost sped up the, the need for technology to have a huge impact in the classroom. But what I love about this most of all is 
it's not the main thing that you see. It is mm. hidden in the background and it is doing an incredible job, but you're not teaching anything about no. technology. It is sitting there and it is doing something to support pupils yeah. and to further their understanding. And I think I've seen the children's skill set improve massively throughout re- remote learning. If I think back to this time last year, we were recording podcasts for some English work we were doing. And, you know, we would spend probably maybe half the lesson going into, right, how could you use GarageBand or Clips or whatever medium you're using to achieve this? And they were just straight on it this time, which was amazing because then that time is spent on the outcome rather than teaching to be able to achieve it. That, that's a journey, isn't yeah. it? Because that doesn't happen straight away. And I suppose we're seven years into the DLP. Mm. Um, I think in the early days we started off with just tons of apps. You know, yeah. and it was, I suppose, my job sort of computing and, and digital was about almost teaching people how to use an app mm. so that you guys in, in the classroom could utilize that app yeah. for creativity. And I think uh, the culture being what it is at the school, we've got so many teachers that have just, um, that, you know, accelerated knowledge of and usage of tools just gone through the roof. Yeah. And it couldn't have been replicated through staff training. No, um, absolutely not. It's almost that... You, le- you learn by doing, don't you? And we were forced to do it because of the pandemic. I look I at where, say, we, yeah, and I think the outcome is that we, we had teachers going out of that comfort zone into the fear zone, loads of questions, loads of worry, loads of anxiety. Mm-hmm. They started sort of refining those skills, questioning, well, actually, is this having impact? Yeah. And I like it. The thing I like the most is they were working it out for themselves because yeah. they had to work out what works best for them home learning. You know, I don't feel we we forced. Obviously, the the spine of our of our sort of DLP has is probably the digital glue, which is Shobi. Yeah. So everything kind of went through that as a middle layer. The sort of the creative layer was just left in the hands of teachers, yeah. and I think that was a really organic approach, um, and one that we are only just reaping the rewards of. Absolutely, but I think staff started to have fun with it as well. We were very much there was that ethos that you know take those risks. If it doesn't work, that's okay. Um, and also you know we had those staff meetings on Fridays where we'd all get together and share things that worked and shared you know that good practice I learned so much Um, that's where you know we talked about breakout rooms and things which I probably wouldn't have tried on my own but actually hearing about other staff members using it and that it was it worked I then felt empowered to give it a go myself and it was really effective and I think that's so important isn't Mm. it that it's not one voice I mean I do feel sort of the culture of sort of implementing something like this, you need, you know, everyone's got to be a leader. Yeah. Uh, everyone's got to sort of be in charge and empowered to, to take risks, as you said. Um, what I love that, uh, you know, about that was we had so many teachers coming up with ideas and we were all learning from each other. Yeah. And people weren't afraid to share ideas. No. Um, you know, there might have been questions about, you know, how do we utilize this to the best way that we can mm-hmm. or, you know, really sensible questions. But at the end of the day, it was about empowering teachers to inspire pupils Mm. when at home and I think what I've been most impressed with at the moment is seeing teachers who are uh, working with objectives working with content but giving pupils the choice now of how they actually deliver that and I think that is absolutely incredible and you know what it makes things like marking so much more enjoyable so last week we were doing some history presentations on um, different battles that took place in World War One and we said it doesn't matter how you produce it. You could do paper, you can do it digitally, you can use any medium or app you want to. And then when we're actually watching those presentations, it's amazing. They, it really brought to life 
um, their their knowledge and they were so passionate about what they'd put together as well because they'd used a tool that they felt confident in using. I think it's imp- it's pretty important to note, isn't it, that in order to, to, to get to that point, mm. you've got to scaffold learning. So the, yeah. the, the point is when we, when we get and, and unleash the pupils, they've already like planned out um, what they're going to do. Mm. If it's a script, that's already done in, let's say, pages, and they can use yeah. sort of a, a, a teleprompter or you know the scrolling text. There's tools there, aren't there, that are, are all behind this. Mm. Um, and I think pupils are now really comfortable with that, yeah. with the planning process has to happen in order for the sort of the creativity yeah. bit to be really, really, um, totally to, to, to unleash them and to allow them to then put their own angle on it once they've actually yeah. got. And I think and they knowledge. replicate our blended approach to teaching in those independent projects. You know, they won't innately always do the planning digitally. They might do that in their jotters. They might plan it out on paper. They may well then complete it digitally, but they might not. And it's their choice, and yeah. I like that. And I, you know, our message has to be when we can do when we can do things on the iPad or, or a computer or a Mac. It doesn't really matter what it is. But when we can do things digitally that we couldn't do without, mm-hmm. then that is a really good choice, then, isn't yeah. it? But you know, I love the Apple Pencil. I love sketching. But there's so many um, there's so many people who who just just love the feel of a piece of paper and a yeah. pencil. And I don't want to lose that. No, I think that's a really really fine balance that we've got to be careful of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at the moment, allowing pupils to make those choices and actually praising different choices yeah. and um, different aspects of learning. And celebrating, and I, I also like about this is some people might not be very musical, but they'll see another child produce a piece of work uh, as a rap or a podcast, mm. um, and I think that also inspires them yeah. that they might want to then have a go at that, uh, and th- th- that's really really good because then you've got pupils again learning from each other, yeah. and so this spiral of sort of creative energy. Is, is a really, really powerful Absolutely. thing. Absolutely, and, and then we tool. as teachers, you know, we magpie those ideas and think, oh, maybe I will do that with my class next year. And, yeah, so it's just that constant evolving cycle of taking on new skills. So I think we're in a really good place. And I think it's a fun place, isn't it? it is. Now we're back, the skills, you know, across the board are, are really high. We've started um, trialling different things. You know, it's great. I almost quite enjoy those lessons when I do take a risk and it doesn't work out. Yeah. You I, learn a lot more from it, don't you? And I think the pupils have got to hopefully learn from you as a role mm. model. And I often put my hand up and say, guys, that just didn't work at all, did it? Yeah. <laughs> and they'll laugh and we'll laugh together. And then we'll go we'll go at it from a different angle. Yeah, but that's the environment that, that's, you know, a positive environment to foster that, you know, that ability to make mistakes and learn from it. That's what we want to see in our children. So we should be happy to replicate that. Obviously not making mistakes on purpose, but, you know, it's it's nice that we can go, oh, that didn't work, did it? So, so um, am I allowed to do those deliberate spelling mistakes on the board, did I? Do people just still do I? that? I don't know. <laughs> I'm still using that sort of 15 years uh, in. Is, okay. that, is, that, is that okay? I don't know. <laughs> so thinking about... Um, moving forward I wanted to talk to you about you know that sort of parental engagement because that's changed massively I spoke earlier about you know we had those occasional Google meets and well-being checkups we've recently had a parents evening and it's our second parents evening that's been virtual how how did you find that how how would you compare it to our usual ones I really enjoyed the experience Mm. I don't think you can um, I don't think you you can swap 
a conversation with a person no. with a conversation online. And I, but I am seeing the huge benefits of doing it online. Mm. I think at sort of prep level, I still think it worked really well. Yes. It served its purpose, absolutely. Um, if you think with your sort of parental hat on, if you now don't have to travel 30 minutes to a school, yeah. wait X amount of minutes for a teacher. Thinking about childcare as well, all of that. Um, and I, I, th- I think the hybrid model would be to, to utilise this maybe once a year to have mm. meetings, possibly, um, or just to stay Google Meet. But if there is a concern, then make an appointment and you mm. can still have that face-to-face. Um but we were discussing earlier, wasn't weren't we, about um, I think the importance of making the connection with with parents on a yeah. daily basis, and actually as as you've seen with cars coming onto site, trying to sort of be present and trying to just have those 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 moments to communicate with parents mm-hmm. and to share those little things, those pocket wins, yeah. you know, that you see in the children that might well just diffuse any issue that that, that builds up. So small, you know, small and often having those chats as opposed to mm. those few times a year, I, th- I think is is hugely important. I agree. So I think, yeah, looking forward to a hybrid model of that, um, because as you say, time management-wise, it was fantastic. I really missed that actual connection, you know, reading the body language. And as you even said, knowing when someone's going to speak and not talking over each other, that's quite difficult to do virtually. It's really difficult, isn't it? Especially when you've got potential... Um, a slow Wi-Fi network one yeah. side. The, hard, the the worst thing for me about about um, about doing that was potentially when I was talking to a parent and I could hear my voice <laughs> echoing on a two-second delay at the other end. Have you tried that? Yeah. A five-minute conversation of like almost listening to yourself talk. I couldn't imagine. Um, my, <laughs> my husband George, though, so he's been uh, teaching music from home. And he is teach, t- listening to him teach drums with about a five second delay, playing along and listening to what the child was saying and still counting in time. I don't know how he did it. Wow, it that's was, impressive. It isn't was it? quite a feat. But yeah, I mean, I think even, you know, coming back to real life, I think I constantly find myself going to interrupt people. I think I've lost some social skills actually. And I think it's important to think about that with the children, you know, when we see pockets of um, behaviour and things popping up that actually we need to understand that it's those social skills that even as adults we are having to adapt now that we're back. This is my longest conversation with an adult outside my household. Yes. Since last year? Maybe last year actually. I agree and I was thinking that as you were just um, speaking and I actually got quite panicked. I thought Oh, I don't know what I'm going to say next. I, I did see you avoid eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> Just went into my own own world and regrouped. <laughs> you did, yeah, but you're back, which I'm is back, good. I'm you're back, I'm back. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, I think we've got a lot to, to bring forward into school. Um, is there anything that you are looking forward to saying goodbye to? Apart from masks. Hmm. And... I suppose going into to certain class, well, it is classrooms. We've got to keep the distance and we mm. with pupils, even though we've got bubbles. I cannot wait to say goodbye to tables in a row yeah. in classrooms. It's one of my sort of pet, sort of pet peeves, really. Um, yeah. I think in a classroom you need to have equal weighting, teacher and pupils. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in my time, I managed to get over to Denmark a few years ago and just saw some architectural design that just really inspired me about classrooms of the future. Mm. So I think that is something I'm really excited about, improving classroom furniture. So it's actually got a purpose. You know, I'd like to think a lot has changed since Victorian schooling, but actually if you put down two lists of what do we do now and what do we do in the Victorian era, there's going to be a lot of similarities. Yeah. And that, that hugely worries me, hugely concerns me that there is still a part of education where we're like, well, why have we got tables like that? And at mm. the moment, yes, it's COVID, but you still see rows in classrooms. You do. Because we've always done it like that. And I think that is a really, really dangerous model for education. Um, and I'd love for this to be that Ken Robinson creative reset button press. Yeah. Um, but it's going to take a lot, isn't it? It's going to take a lot of effort, a lot mm. of reflection, refinement. Um, and I think that is, that is a direction I want to go in. I love that. I think maybe, you know, coming out of the pandemic, maybe that will be the kickstart for some of those changes. You know, we can revamp things. We can think about how can we include that well-being time into our timetable that we had during remote learning. How can we have that in school as well? And I think, yeah, there's lots to consider. Definitely. I think it's, um, it's, it's a huge discussion point and probably, mm. you know, a topic for another podcast, isn't it? Creativity in the classroom. Yeah. I also want to see pupils connecting with the outdoors. Mm. I think we've had a lot, of, a lot of time when pupils have just spent, through no fault of their own, it's very difficult. It's been a difficult time, even for us as adults. You're glued to a screen, three hours of mm. live meetings in the morning. I don't know about you, but I was frazzled at lunchtime. I was. I was very wired, um, and it was almost like I was picking up my phone for no reason at all just for that you know that connection that buzz and you can sort of see what the impact of social media and excessive screen use does yeah. do to to learning to I habits just had so many headaches as well throughout the whole thing i think it was trickier with remote learning too because it was cold and we couldn't go out into the garden you know we couldn't teach from our gardens and there wasn't as much outdoor time i don't think i agree with you um yeah, and I was I was injured actually from lockdown one. I did far too much running in lockdown <laughs> one, so I lost that ability to just break out of the house and go for a run. Yeah. But long walking, I got into the long walks. I also found just like delivering lessons sat down was really awful. I crafted I'm, my own standing desk. Did you? Yeah. I just wasn't getting in enough steps either, and that was really bogging me down. Just I just wasn't moving. No matter you know if I did some yoga or I went for a run, just my day-to-day -day movement was not what it is when I'm here going up and down to the staff room. I think the thing I'll miss is that, you know, we, we finished the school day and as parents, teachers at home as well, we just felt a need to close devices and yes. just go and explore. And I think that's because there wasn't a physical barrier, was there, mm. between work and home as there is when you come to school. And it, you, I really had to work on shutting off and I actually think that my work-life balance now, now that we're back at school, is so much better because I've held on to that. There'll be at least one day a week now where I leave at four o'clock and I don't feel guilty about that. Whereas, you know, I go back 18 months and I was here until like eight o'clock most nights. I don't even know what I was doing if I really think about it. But it was that inability to feel like I could just go and turn off and I'm not there anymore. I can... I can close my classroom door and I'm okay about that I think that's lovely that's one thing you've taken out of yeah, this definitely. Um, the importance of time yeah you know then that, that that's absolutely it's that's huge. significant it isn't is it, significant in terms of you as a person teacher 
um, and then also the ability that you, you teach to a high level and you're in a good place yourself mm. uh, for the pupils in your care. Yeah, I think it's made my, you know, my PPA time in school more productive because I know, oh, today I'm going to go home early, so I'm going to make the most of this time. I'm, you know, I'm still getting the work done, so I'm not quite sure why it took so long before, but I'm very grateful that... I I've think as teachers, we're naturally guilty, yes. aren't we? And I think we've got to, again, we've got to move away from this. We, we need to be trusted, we're professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we need to be teaching to the highest standards we can. Yeah. And I think that that trust means that however you do that and how you choose to spend your time, hopefully will improve your life, will mm. improve and impact what you do. If it's a detriment to what you're doing in the classroom, then there's questions to be asked, aren't uh, there? Yeah. But if you need to walk or run or cycle or just get outdoors or, mm. you know, in that balance between work, then that, that's got to be a positive, isn't it? In yeah. terms of your mental well-being, your physical well-being and then your ability yeah. to... I mean, I don't want to, 20 years down the line, become resentful of the career that I've chosen. So it's important, I think, to... I'm, I, well, I'm really pleased that it's happened. You know, I'm only five years into teaching. I'm pleased that that shift has happened now. So, you know, as far as things I'm grateful for over the last year, that's, that's definitely up there because I think that will set me in good stead for the rest of my career now. Yeah, and I think that's an important message to learn five years. It takes it, it can take teachers 30 years, yeah. 40 years, and some teachers never even learn that balance. No, do I, don't, I honestly don't believe I would be saying this if it wasn't for remote learning. I think I would have stayed in that cycle. That's pretty big, isn't it? Yeah. I'm just reflecting on that and thinking sort of, you know... How, how many hours yeah. I've got back for Rebecca and not Mrs Parker. Yeah. That's it's huge. No, that, that is really, really important. Mm. Really, really important. So we're back in the classroom. We are. We're um, back on the podcast. We're back on the podcast, most, <laughs> so most importantly. I was so nervous. <laughs> Were you, know. When, when um, Boris Johnson was announcing sort of return to, you know, the phasing, was yeah. was your podcast one of the, one, you know... Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't really make it explicit that podcasts could come <laughs> back, you know, 29th of March. They could. Yeah, I just think you were, you were just trying to avoid the sort of the lapse and audio lag in, in a Google Meet podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah, we did try didn't we to do some google meet wise but it doesn't feel as organic and i quite like that we just have a nice conversation no i get that i think you're a traditionalist um (laughs) you 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 like to have the physical um the the microphone here in between us um and i i I get that Mm. i get that so i suppose this is us back um you know building upon where we were a year ago and i think that's really nice that's quite a significant moment um, it's been lovely just chatting about sort of things that, that, that we're bringing back. Have you got any predictions about the future? You know, about what, what learning might look like in a few years' time or in the next few months or changes that you really, really think will happen and will have impact? We've spoken about parents' evening. Mm. And I think that is, that is a huge discussion for many schools right now. Yeah. The benefits outweighing the sort of the, the, the physical barrier of not being in the same room. Mm. Do you know, I'm, I'm not sure I can answer that question about what I think it's going to look like because I think, if anything, this year has taught me that things can change very quickly yeah. and we can evolve very quickly when we need to. We can adapt. We are flexible. And I am just ready to take on whatever comes next, really, and embrace that, whether it's tech or, you know, anything like that. I think if we can find a positive use for it for our children, then it should be embraced. Yeah, it's almost like saying, isn't it, today is not yesterday. Changes happen, don't they? And yeah, they whatever do. happened yesterday, this is a new day. It's a new sort of 
things are changing constantly, aren't they? I think um, for me, the connection to nature is going to be really, really significant. Mm. Um, I, th- I think getting outside and utilizing learning spaces and with the creative tools that these these pupils now have acquired, I think it's going to be paramount that, that the school and um, the actual architecture and the environment of the building and the outdoor environment can actually cater for that. Yeah, so and I'm we're very lucky here that we have so much outdoor space that I don't think I used as much as I could have. You know, we're on the you know, first floor, so we can't easily access outside. But actually, I'm making time for that. Um, and I'm spending that time outside because I enjoyed it so much last summer oh, when we that, came that's back That's amazing to hear. And my challenge for you is to continue doing that. I will. I want to look out of my computing window and uh, <laughs> look down on the on the on the sort of the beautiful grounds and yeah, the, the walled garden and see you and your class just getting creative. Yeah, I we think were writing some poetry in Forest School. It's just it's just been really lovely. So I, I've got a question for you because mm. I think this is this is probably something that a lot of teachers would be concerned about when you take a group of children outside. Yeah. is learning impacted? Are they less focused? And do they achieve less when they're working outside compared to the classroom? I think, you know, it can it can depend on the task. Um, I wouldn't necessarily take something outside that I felt they wouldn't be able to achieve um, necessarily, but I'm far more open to that, you know, than finding their own way of how they want to achieve a set objective. So taking that outside works. Um, I think it's about having those clear expectations. Um, my class are quite lively, um, so you know we have really clear expectations, and they know that if that doesn't quite work, we can we'll come back inside. And it's about you know not feeling like I need to control it totally, and allowing them to to work in a way that's going to produce the outcomes that I expect. And if those outcomes aren't met then we talk about it and then we think well maybe we don't do that again until we can yeah i suppose it's it's matching the the task to the environment yeah, isn't it absolutely you know some things are going to work some aren't um it's the first time you take a class outside i think it's really important you obviously you haven't got four walls and i think a lot mm. of teachers are concerned about that <laughs> the physical barrier and the the space so i think yeah. it's creating your your environment outdoors um as you said being clear with boundaries the first yeah. time you go outside yes they might be quite quite lively and quite energetic but mm. I did some podcasting out in the sun about two hours ago and I'll tell you nice, what I think the children were more productive they mm. had their own space they sat in the trees they were writing lyrics I it think they can almost fantastic. be calmer in a way as well I think they take that calmness from the outside so as you say it depends on the task doesn't it but I'm certainly enjoying exploring which tasks work outside which potentially don't it sounds like another avenue to explore mm. in another potential discussion um, in the future. Yes. So I, I will we'll wrap up, I think, because it, it's been great to sort of just, just talk today. It's been really lovely to, to reflect. just reflect on the last year. And to look forward. Look at how far we've come. We can't wait, I think, till... Well, I suppose what is, you know... What is next? This is kind of the new normal, isn't it? It but is. I, but I think once we've moved away from sort of these these bubbles we're working in I think that could be some time I think that could really be some time actually and yeah. I think I, I would take that over the kids being back the pupils being back in I in, totally agree home. what I don't want is for us to you know for the restrictions to be lifted too quickly and then the last year be wasted yeah, and the progress that we've made yeah it's got to be small made. steps embrace change embrace mm. sort of this this 
getting back to what is as close to normal as possible yeah. um, and let's thrive in the meantime let's enjoy every moment let's, let's um, think about time and how precious that is mm-hmm. let's make the most of it let's enjoy these moments with pupils and learning opportunities and uh, let's see what tomorrow has in store you're very philosophical today hey people change (laughs) (laughs) i've had a lot of time to think (laughs) well it's been lovely catching up with you and great to speak to you and so lovely to be back absolutely so to follow us on twitter you can find me at rp teachers and myself at matt warren thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time